Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Paul, the founder of New Zealand Sports Radio. And you know what? The rugby nut on here. Well, I say the rugby nut which is absolutely totally untrue because we've got lots of rugby nuts on the on the channel. Um, I'm just one of them. Uh, and I get to talk about rugby every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. So do come and join me on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter uh, and uh, talking about rugby, rugby and um, more rugby. Uh, and uh, joining me this other way, folks, if you want to have reviews of the actual games, then this is not the place to do it. The place to do it is our review show that happens at 8 p.m. on a Sunday evening. We go through over, go through all the action from the weekend and talk about the actual games there. Here, we talk about all the other kind of stuff around it. We're going to be talking about some of the comments from Tony Rowe around extra Chiefs and uh, uh, how the RFU just do not show the love for the all that for, for, for using their players. Um, we'll talk about the All Blacks versus Provincial Rugby because our very own Stephen Harris had a uh, little chat with uh, Ian Foster the other day uh, uh, on, uh, on on the old uh, talkback radio somewhere, um, asked him a good old question. So, hey, um, we'll have some fun and games chatting about that one. Um, we're going to talk um, about uh, COVID bubbles um, and uh, what's been happening in Europe a little bit as well and uh, whether rugby players are going to be a, a good COVID people or not. Um, and then let's have a quick chat um, around the old Blackferns um, as well. So, yeah, we'll be talking about uh, that. Um, there are some really interesting games coming up on the uh, November the 14th around the whole, whole thing around women's rugby, um, which I'll be uh, trying to dig out because I've just gone and lost my link to uh, what's been going on. But I know there's a whole bunch of stuff going on then uh, that day um, in uh, in Auckland um, over there in Henderson. So we'll be having a chat. I want to bring have a chat about that as well. Um, if you are joining us live, you can always join us in the live chat as well. Drop us some comments uh, in there, some questions. Uh, we'll always love your interaction. Uh, I've got Simon Hughes already in the chat. Nice to enough you join us, um, Simon, um, saying congratulations to Extra on winning another trophy. Yes, they are dual um champions uh in europe both european champions and gallagher premiership champions um congratulations to them on what's happening on the field it's the off the field issues that i have a problem with 
but we'll be diving into that in a moment. And uh, I'm just going to uh, welcome Mr. Harris to the show. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Once again, privilege and a pleasure to be on the uh, TDM talking rugby. Going to some interesting places tonight, I believe. <laughs> yes, we're going to some interesting places. Like talking about off-field stuff, um, mainly rather than on-field stuff. Let's um, kick off then with that extra piece. Now, yes, um, extra chiefs have re uh, have, have had a fantastic season. Um, top the Gallagher Premiership quite, quite comfortably, happy to lose a few games towards the end there to rotate and make it the players fresh for the European Champions Cup, where they went, made it to the final for their first time in their history and won it as well. So congratulations there. They then backed that up by winning their second ever um, Gallagher Premiership title. Um, I think the first one's in the Viva Premiership, but anyway, Premiership titles, um, beating Wasps in the final, in a real close one. Uh, let's be honest, in some horrible conditions. Um, and yes, look, on the pitch, what Mr. Baxter does there, Rob Baxter, their head coach, uh, and the way they've brought players through their academy uh, uh, to, 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 to make up that team and squad and play is fantastic. It, is, it might not be the most scintillating and exciting rugby to watch, but boy, is it effective and, and don't, haven't they done well. However, here we go. Club versus country. And uh, Tony Rowe decided he would come out and have a quick chat. He goes, says, we employ the players. Um, we, uh, they are our players. Ooh. Being forced to release them for so many international games is not good. We don't get compensated enough. The reality is that we breed these guys for ourselves. We don't. We didn't breed them for England. Um, he says, and uh, what he go on to say? The second piece, oh, the second part, the second part of the tweet. Um, uh, we didn't breed them for um, for England. Uh, anyway, um, um, England can get too greedy. They are very quick to run the other way. When we want money at the moment, we are desperate for money in the Premiership to stay alive. Well, um, some uh, hard talking there from Tony Rowe, isn't it, Stephen? Um, oh, oh, very, very much so. It must not come round to, to to their way of thinking because we'll obviously get to the, the New Zealand module uh, uh, rather sooner sooner than later. But just before we we move on from the Exeter Chiefs, I, I think the the story of uh, Gareth Stenson, the Irishman. Um, is, is a wonderful story, Paul. He, he's a player who wasn't wanted by Ulster and pretty much thought his uh, career was well and truly uh, done and done and dusted. Obviously, may have moved around a couple of other clubs as well. But boy, uh, you know, if somebody told him it towards the end of his career, if he'd end up with a uh, a European title in an English uh, Premiership, you'd take that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So credit to him. Um, look, the way they've brought through players, um, Chip, on the whole, and Harold of players until recently when they've brought players in like Hogg and, uh, and Richard Gray. Before that, basically, generally not named players. Sure, they had um, Thomas Waldron and um, Julian Salvi from Tigers, but let's be honest, Leicester Tigers didn't want them. They decided that uh, that they that they had, they would pass their sell-by date and took them on and they played really well for them. So, no, look, on that side of things, done very well. But... Um, a bit disingenuous um, from Tony uh, from from um, Tony Rowe here. First off, why did this um, so this idea that they breed players? God, it sounds like some sort of horse breeder where they, they kind of uh, match stallions and, and mares and um, to, to 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 breed their players. Rubbish. Um, they don't breed players. They do coach players um, and they have academies. Sure, they do. 
those academies that are paid for by the RFU. Now, do the clubs put extra money into them? They probably do as well. But you know what? The RFU, uh, one of the reasons that we've seen the England go much better in the under-20s competitions in the Junior Rugby World Championship um, over recent years, winning it in 2011, for example, um, is 2011 or 2013, anyway, around about then, um, is because the RFU instigated regional academies for each club. Um, and put money in and, and help help found those. So this idea that all this academy stuff is just done purely off the club's back is bullshit, um, put bluntly. Um, then he goes to say, oh, yes, um, uh, that, uh, that oh, oh, they don't pay us enough. Really? Well, the club signed a 200 million dollar, a 200 million pound deal, sorry, back in 2016 for the release of these players. The clubs signed up to that. They agreed to the number. And you know what? One of the reasons that the RFU has been sacking people recently and making people redundant and is making a loss is because they signed up a deal that was that basically was giving away more money than they're earning. Um, it was a bad deal for the RFU. The RFU gave the clubs more money than was coming in, which is why the RFU now is struggling. Um, so this idea that suddenly that the RFU has got all this special spare dosh sort of just lying around they could help the clubs out with is, again, absolute rubbish. Um so, yeah, part of, one of the things that's bankrupt in the RFU at the moment is the clubs themselves, um, who, uh, uh, who none of whom make a profit apart from Extra Chiefs. Um, Extra Chiefs are now struggling because they make a profit off their conference centre. Running conferences during a lockdown in COVID doesn't work. Um, hence, you can uh, see where that, why he's now talking about trying to get more money out of the RFU. Um, but, uh, yeah, to me, it's, uh, it's very disingenuous of him um, personally, um, and Austin says a rugby stud farm down there in uh, in Devon um, and Cornwall, maybe. Um, so look, I'm I'm going to be releasing a video probably uh, this week or next week. Uh, it's going to be entitled "How I Felt uh, Why I Fell Out of Love with Exeter Chiefs." Um, they are they are my team in um, uh, in 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 the UK uh, or have been for the past decade. Um, I am to seriously reconsider that now. Uh, and I say that video will be coming out in um, the uh, the next uh, the next few days um, around that because of the behaviour of essentially Tony Rowe, to be honest with you. Um, any other comments in that space or, um, uh, or or just happy with my little rant at the, at the top I, of the show? I, I think in conclusion, it, it's basically very clear that the two need each other and have got to work a lot harder together. Uh, Paul, if you want to find a common goal, because if somebody's burning the candle for you at one end to make another end happen, um, yeah, somewhere in the middle you've got to find some uh, medium ground. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of the money that's put into the uh, the academies, but if that's what England rugby or the uh, the rugby union are doing for crying out loud, I think uh, yeah, those comments definitely way over the top. So yeah. Um... The, uh, there we go. I'm sure we'll end up with a whole bunch of comments now on YouTube about people watching going, Paul, you're talking rubbish, because I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of people on Twitter have been going, yep, what he's saying is entirely true. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I don't believe so. Uh, also, look, not only do the do the clubs do well out of the union when, um, but also it's how a lot of people find their first way into rugby is watching the Six Nations. Um, that's where all the casual fans are, and then they can become... Um, uh, uh, become sort of club fans afterwards. Um, so yeah, so um, we'll talking about the uh, top and the bottom working in harmony, Stephen. 
would you like to uh, let me know the question um, that you put to Ian Foster at the weekend? Well, we had an opportunity uh, via, via Talkback Radio to to ask ask a question, and obviously a lot of people were asking in and in and around the All Blacks. Now, something I'm very uh, um, passionate about, and if you want to jump on and, and see it, the post in its entirety, that's on the uh, New Zealand Sport uh, Radio uh, Facebook site. So have a look, read through it. Let me know what you think if the, you, you want to add something in. But basically, to cut a long story short, I'm very passionate about club and minor 10. In fact, I'm probably more passionate about those two levels of rugby than I am in terms of super rugby and all black rugby because I believe the rest of it pretty much takes care of itself. If your foundation is strong, and of course earlier this year we had the uh, McKinsey Report, the McKinsey Management Consulting Group based out of America who put together a, uh, a, a report uh, for New Zealand Rugby Football Union that, that highlighted some, some, or I should say, many issues in the game, and a lot of it, some of it was in and around engagement. That's something that's very important to me. Attendances that are dropping away at the time, not just in minor 10 cup rugby, but also super rugby as well. <clears throat> now, one of the best, best games we've actually seen this year in the minor 10 cup, which happened to double as a Ranfurly Shield as well, was the Canterbury Taranaki game. With some fortunately, with, all, with most of the All Blacks, if not all the All Blacks on board, and it was a fantastic game of rugby in it, and it's fantastic to see. But we also have a lot of fringe All Blacks as well, and uh, these days, as we all know, the All Blacks take on board a very, very big squad, and this squad seems to grow exponentially each week uh, with with the All Black coach, and my question is, you know, why are you, why are you carrying so many players? But I put the question to Ian Foster um, that Earlier this year, we had a McKinsey report that actually stated the, the lack of engagement and how important the Mitre 10 Cup is to New Zealand rugby. And I basically said, listen, is there some middle ground that we can we can actually find here as opposed as, as opposed to seeing guys sitting in the stand at test matches when they could be away playing for their Mitre 10 Cup provinces? Because I, I know of many supporters that I talk to throughout the country they may have a team that only has two or three All Blacks. I, and I used the example of Manawatu last year. Howdy, Nocturnal Rights. Um, <clears throat> used the example last year when they had Jackson Hemapore and also Nani Lamalpi on deck. They were a really good competitive side that could give any team in the Maritain Cup on a given day. Now, what was frustrating, they would get called into camps and never get used. And you'd see them sitting in the stand, of course, Mr. Foster re- re- replied to me by saying, "Well, I'm a little bit offended by by what you're saying. These it's these guys that come into the squad play an important part, especially in and around training, adding very physical opposition. And you use the uh, example of Akira Yuani being used in a situation where he played the niggly guy in the in in the training forum, holding the the hit bag, adding a bit of physicality." And also the off-field stuff. That we do. I don't know what those, that off-field stuff is. But, you know, my question was pretty much, wouldn't these guys be better playing Mighty 10 Cup rugby? Once again, engaging with those fans that are getting left out. Because we are in danger, and it's, it's definitely headed that way, um, of being just all-black supporters. I, I want to be a rugby supporter that supports all levels of the game. And, uh, yeah, quite Frankly, I found his answer quite unsatisfactory, and uh, I very much told him 
told him that. I go, no, I don't like your answer, but good luck. Good luck for your uh, game against the uh, Wallabies this week. But once again, I come back to this engagement piece with with New Zealand rugby. Mauritian Cup is important. It's a damn good competition. And have they not learnt anything from the report, I suppose? Well, there were a number of things from that report, weren't there, um, that I think came out. Uh, and um, whilst they said that uh, um, that that's in that report, that, yeah, that engagement was an important thing. Now, let's be clear here, folks. The report has not been released publicly, right? So, um, in um, uh, so, so we are going through basically what we've uh, heard um, from our discussions with various people around the provinces, um, also uh, with um, uh, with uh, also what we've read in the media. Um, that's reportedly been inside those reports. So, look, we haven't, or I haven't, Stephen might have done, but if he has, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't forwarded it to me, um, the actual report, um, I've not actually seen it. So we are going a bit of hearsay, a bit of a bit of Chinese whispers might be going on here as to as, as to what is really in there. But, um, yeah, the engagement piece is there. Another suggestion that was also part of it was basically to make the minus 10 cup amateur um, and to do away with, uh, with it being a high performance channel and to have um academies uh six academy or five sorry five academies throughout the country uh, funnily enough associated with the uh super rugby franchises instead so um yes engagement was part of it um but also was hey we don't have the cash to run that many that many um, professional clubs so hey you know what we'll uh, we need to we need to find a cash a cash cutting measure as well so um th there were a number of bits to it um, let's be honest, uh, and um, I think uh, a lot of um, provincial uh, CEOs were um, very much, uh, were, I think were a bit concerned and a bit uh, um, uh, put out and surprised by what was, uh, uh, by what was included in there. Um, but yes, you're right, engagement was a big piece of it. Uh, what we're seeing here essentially is that um, Ian Foster and the all Blacks coaching um, group basically uh, don't care about anything else apart from the All Blacks. Now, to a certain degree, that's what they should do. They're paid to be All Blacks coaches, right? They're not paid to care about New Zealand rugby uh, uh, from top to bottom. They are paid to win All Blacks test matches. Um, one of the problems we have, though, is that essentially... Um, the most powerful person in rugby in New Zealand is the is the All Blacks head coach, um, and what they say they get because there is this piece, or basically within New Zealand rugby, is the All Blacks brand is where all our money comes from. The All Blacks have to be successful. We have to give them everything they want, um, and that means everything else just gets run run straight over. Um, and we're seeing that with, as you say, uh, let's take fifty players to Japan and Europe for at all um let's take um players out of uh, super rugby games just for a training weekend let's take players out of super rugby or sorry out of minor 10 cup um to hold a couple of cat tackle bags and then dress up in a nice suit and and that we give them for the weekend that they're told they're never allowed to wear again unless they're an all blacks duty um because the marketing people say so so um it becomes a uh yeah it it, it is very much they, they are very, very tunnel visioned and to be high performance winning at the top level. Some would say you have to be that, though. Hmm. 
yeah, it's interesting, but I just think somewhere along it's going to come at a cost. I, I know Aaron's just said, I'm thinking of what Fozzie said would have come from past coaches as well. It, it probably would have, but I just thought there might, after the report, there might have been a change of mindset. Hey, guys, this is what you need to fix. Here's your opportunity to start fixing it. But I'm saying that they've, they've done absolutely nothing about it. They don't care. And at at this stage, it's 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 almost like they are driving the Mitre 10 Cup towards, um, like you say, amateur amateurism. If that's what it's gonna gonna take at the end of the day, but boy, there's a there's a lot of people out there who actually love their unions. I've I've, I've met them. I've seen forums. People love Mitre Mitre 10 Cup. It may not show in in numbers, but you know you disrespect it, and uh, you know something's gonna give somewhere along the line, and even more so. If the All Blacks fall over, you know. Well, let's let's just go back to um, back, back back to Aaron's comment there for a quick second. Um, so he says, "I'm thinking what Fozzie said would have come from past coaches as well, i.e., company line." Um, well, yes, it does come from past coaches, but that's because um, let's see, our past coaches were Graham Henry, um, who obviously said, "Hey, you've got to hire my uh, my mate, my assistant coach, um, to be my successor." Who said, "Hey." You've got to hire my assistant coach to be my successor. And by the way, put Ted on the selection panel as well to make sure he gets in. Um, so, look, it's a company line because basically it's the same coaching squad for the past, what are we now, 20, 20 odd years, isn't it? You're going on towards 20 years. Um, it's the same guys who are in there. And for Ted to come out and go, oh, I think it's wrong. I would have hired Razor. What do you mean you would have hired Razor? You were in the bloody selection panel. You gave Razor an absolute drilling during the um, uh, during the uh, selection meetings, according to to what he said. Um, you ripped him to pieces, um, and then to come out in the media a couple of weeks ago and suggest that uh, Razor should have been the head coach and the All Black and that New Zealand rugby had missed a trick. My word, mate! You were it was your decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some things don't add up. <laughs> um. Now, to, to talk now, you, you, um, you're absolutely right. Look, New Zealand rugby needs to get on board with the fact that Super Rugby and Mighty Ten Cup Rugby need to have full grounds. You need to have those full grounds will then show up on um, full uh, on lots of people watching on TV, which will generate lots of which will generate cash coming in, and it will make um, and it will uh, it'll make the sponsorship. Um, and advertising around that uh, come up and it will maybe get to a level where it can be self-sustaining and not have to be a, uh, a money drain on the All Blacks, which it currently is. Let's be, um, uh, let's be honest about it. Uh, so, yes, there is an element there that, um, that, that, yeah, that they, they do need to be doing it. And it has to come through engagement. Look, if, if you threw me a few, a few million, um, I, would, uh, I, I could quite... Uh, easily i think i could quite easily make basketball the number one sport in new zealand more so than rugby because the rugby guys at the top are just so complacent about it when i take my girls to um to school what are all the kids playing they're playing touch rugby and basketball um the 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 there's a the basketball is one of the biggest growing sports here um and uh, unless rugby wakes up pretty damn quick they're going to find that suddenly basketball is, is is as big as rugby uh and they're going to have no locks to speak of because all the tall guys are going to go play basketball instead 
uh, and that's going to be a real problem um, for this um, for, for New Zealand rugby. Uh, and uh, they they really are just too complacent um, about uh, we've got All Blacks fans. That's all we need. It's not. It's not what you need at all. You need engagement. You need to get your communities loving rugby again. Um, there is still a hardcore there that do, um, but uh, you need to get whole communities down to your rugby clubs at the weekends, um, spending the Friday nights there with the kids playing, kicking around in in, in the in, under the floodlights while the parents are having a night, having a having a drink and chatting with their mates in the bar. Um, that's what uh, that's what the rugby club should be. They should be. Um, this community space where people all um, all gather every weekend, in yeah, my view. Pull, pull one game I was supposed to get to on the weekend, but didn't quite get round to it for one reason or another. But boy, it was a fantastic game. It was the Auckland Harbour game on Saturday evening? So absolutely superb game. Um, I, I think crowd-wise, they probably had about fifteen hundred there, but it, it just deserved so much more. It was such a good quality game, probably in terms of minor 10 cup games up in the top half a dozen that we've uh, seen this year easily and you look around for the next best crowd probably the Hawks Bay Manawa 2 game didn't have too bad a crowd I'm not too sure what the crowd was like down at the domain on, on Saturday Saturday poor but outside that it was pretty poor across the board reasonable sort of crowd at Tasman but the rest of it it's not worth writing home about if Hawks Bay can't get a decent crowd for for a local derby Remember that Manawa 2 and Hawke's Bay were merged temporarily um, back in the day. Um, so, look, there's, um, there's, there's definitely a competition between those two. And it's a Ranfurly Shield game. If you can't get a decent crowd for that, then boy, oh boy, when can you, put bluntly? I mean, that's got everything. Uh, and also afternoon rugby in the sun. I mean, geez, everything was, they had everything in their favour. Uh, the fact that it wasn't a sellout um, is the, um, is your, uh, uh, is, yeah, 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 um, Clash of the Vikings. Um, was that game? They should have a helmet trophy to, to play for every time, just to yeah, uh, not, not a the, <laughs> um, the um, the orange Vikings, hey, one team in black and white, one team in green and white, and they played in orange. Jeez, um, Central. Central the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the look, Tauranga gets a decent, uh, gets gets a, 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 a good crowd for the, I mean, for the ground, it is right. Um, it's a tiny ground. It really is. It's it's not much bigger than a club ground, in all honesty. With with but um, when you got that, uh, um, but they do get they look. That gives that much more community feel. You've got your um, uh, your food vans in there. Look, it's a it's a real family atmosphere. The players love it absolutely. I mean, when I talk to go over and listen to my two bit two interviews um, with um, Kurt Eklund um, and with um, Joe Weber, they both loved playing there um, in the sunshine. With the with the local fans, uh, with, with with all the fans in there, great family atmosphere, wonderful place. You have got Hore throwing sweets into the crowd, which is always good fun. Um, love it. Uh, uh, so yeah, it, it is a decent. Uh, now take that same team, play them in Rotorua, and boy, it is one man and his dog. Uh, and yeah, the stadium, it's well they say international stadium. It's 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 designed to try and be a proper stadium. Now look, it's an old one, so it's not as good, but some um, cold, freezing cold. Um, doesn't have that community feel about it um, and doesn't get anywhere near the same sort of crowds um, as well. Could I, did I, can I tell Joe Weber to get a proper haircut? I didn't. And um, yeah, I, I think he's had so much comments about his hair that he's not going to, he's not going to listen to me on that one. I'm afraid, Ashwin. 
Um, but yeah, look, they need to get into schools. They need to get some families going to rugby again. Uh, let's be honest, um, Ashwin and um, when I when I joined Ashwin and, and his mates in the the West End, look, they've been sat there for the last twenty five years together. Um, that's what we need to get back to as well. The um, Aaron, I'll never go to Albany. It's the pits. Well, yes, you don't want to go across that bridge. You know, monsters are on the other side of that bridge. Uh, who knows what might be might, might 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 be on the other side of the bridge, Aaron. Now, Octonal Wright says, look, if fans if if fans are any All Blacks fans, then they are fair weather fans. Now, look, if you're not going to grow your audience, you get what you deserve, and. New Zealand rugby has not been growing its minor 10 cup audience, has not been growing its super rugby audience, and it's getting what it deserves. You can't blame the fans on this one. You've got to blame, blame the marketing, in my view. Stephen. Oh, oh, listen, I'm going to pull something off, uh, off Facebook because I've had a, a fellow Lewis uh, McClintock uh, respond to uh, what I posted now. He says, yeah, I have to back the All Blacks and the New Zealand rugby union on this one. The uh, reality is more players that get a taste of the All Blacks environment, the better for them. And their province, uh, as many returned with uh, renewed motivation, ambition, standards, etc. Also, AB's uh, full contact trainings are close to test match conditions, if not higher than uh, match conditions, rather than playing uh, um, most international teams are ranked below the 12. Yeah, that's once again, that's that's all very very well but i think you've got to remember where you started or, or where you where you first butted your bread and usually it's at might attend cup level now i know in the past the new zealand rugby union have basically used the might attend cup to their own benefit when players have come back from injury had no game time they send them back to might attend cup and make a big deal of it looks and so and so's playing today this is his first game back or it might be kieran reed playing for counties monaco for the first time something just to give you give you an example, so they also use it for their benefit as as well. Um, yeah, it, it just grates with me. It's obviously something that's not going to change soon unless there's some sort of revolution out there. But I know talking to a few people who know coaches, um, they're not they're not happy about it. They're not happy at all. We've got a current team Canterbury, which is just a, a shadow. Of its of its former self, we know it's not a strong side. But if you start taking out, you know, some of their better performance, like um, Mitchell Dunshay and you know people out of out of the engine room and 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 others who are key members to their team, yeah, sure they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Now people might say, yeah, they're a big enough union and they they should have the depth. And if you look at Tasman and other teams that are are travelling nicely, but it's something that supporters don't forget, Paul, in a in a hurry. And I know one of these supporters I've been. Uh, talking to has just gone how should I say it, he's just gone the other way, he hopes the All Blacks get done in Australia, which is just you know, quite an unbelievable outlook, I don't wish the the All, the All Blacks ill, if you know what I mean, but I can't say I'm a fan of, uh, I wasn't a fan of Ian Foster before he got up, up appointed, and right now I'm still not a fan of him, no, I'm not convinced about him as a coach now, look, there's a balancing act. Players getting getting exposure to the international environment is very important. Don't get me wrong. But, um, uh, yeah, look, it's a balancing act. It's about when you do it, how you do it, when you release the players. Having 10, of, 10 or so, 10 or 15 players st um, sat in, the, uh, sat, sat in, sat in the, the 
the, the, the stands of an All Blacks test in suits. Really? Uh, what a waste of time. Even if they go back to their clubs two days or three days before, um, look, you don't need them there for a full intensity captain's run. Let's be honest. Um, your captain's run is, 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 is um, you don't need the guys there for that. Um, those spare guys, so send them back a day or two before um, and they can uh, at least play off the bench for their provinces. Um, that way they don't need to be um, there. Um, uh, and we have Ashwin uh, and uh, the grammar police um, correcting his brother there. So uh, so nice, nice for careful with that one. Um, yes, Oldwood North Stand. Oh, dearie me. We're going back some years at Eden Park there, aren't we? Um, boys, you're showing your age, I think, a little bit there. Um, Tim Kay uh, in the chat. On the North Shore, the New Zealand Rugby Union should, be pu should push touch rugby, limited contact rugby and lower weight grade rugby. Lots of cautious mums and kids from non-traditional backgrounds for rugby. Basketball is big. Now, um, if you remember that um, the oh, Walter Mills, have I got the right right name there, Roger Mills? Uh, Walter, Walter, Walter Dixon. Uh, you're talking about the um, uh, age limitation yes. grade? That's right, yeah. Grades? Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's Walter Dixon, Roller Mills, and there's Bruce McLaren. So, Roller Mills the um, is the level I'm thinking of. Roller Mills used to be a competitive um, competition, and uh, I think last year... Um, they announced that they're actually going to going to remove the um, the competitive piece and just have it as a fun piece and get rid of the age grade, get rid of the uh, provincial level um, competition for it, um, and uh, get players playing with their mates rather than necessarily um, grading up to be to have uh, provincial um, level. That's the the, the 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 union that pushed that, that promoted that and, read, and, and um, got it going was North Harbour. So unsurprising there, um, Tim K talking there about. Limited contact rugby, lower weight grade. That's exactly the direction that uh, North Harbour are going in. Uh, they 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 get it um, that um, there are a lot of cautious mums from non-traditional rugby backgrounds um, in their in, in in their catchment area, and uh, yeah, they are playing a lot more touch um, and, uh, and and trying to make sure they have the full um, age range of uh, girls and women's rugby um, available as well. So look. To be fair, the provinces do try, um, but they just don't have the resources to do it properly. And I think um, a lot of them do run under some pretty traditional value, traditional um, thought structures um, in their provincial unions. Uh, you can see that some of the you can see the ones that think a bit different um, and you can see how they uh, and and. and um, and you can see them uh, doing, uh, do, do, I say, doing some different things, um, but a lot of, but quite a few of them do still have the same guys in these roles who have been part of the union for 20, 30 years. Now, look, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but they do need to move with the times. They do need some fresh thinking at times. Um, I know those guys love their provinces, right? And it's not through a lack of wanting their provinces to be bigger, uh, have more people interested. Um, it's just um it's more perhaps they just need to be have some refreshed thoughts in there if you if you if you're in the wood the whole time sometimes you can't see the the um the wood for the trees uh and they've just been part of it and uh and been so close to it for so long that perhaps they need yeah taking out um of it to and, and not 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 saying lose their jobs but i'm saying taken away shown the bigger picture 
and sent back with some fresh ideas. Paul, is it possible somewhere in the future that some of these unions get so frustrated with New Zealand rugby and we saw maybe a little bit of an example of uh, the uh, Bay of Plenty steamers uh, getting involved with uh, getting involved with rapid rugby, um, just more as a uh, more in, in, in terms of looking for another cash revenue for the union. Do we do we see a time where a lot of unions just get hey we're frustrated with you we're going to go we're going to go fishing somewhere else maybe look at getting our own competition up and running how we go about funding it I don't know so almost a la like a breakaway from the New Zealand Rugby Football Union. For right. So. Can... <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Um, I might have heard something on the grapevine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that um, uh, so um, the let's go. Let, 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 okay, Heartland Championship sides were told that um, look, you're not allowed to uh, play um, the Heartland Championship, um, and in return, we'll give you your normal funding was basically the line for New Zealand rugby. And so they all said, well, hey, we want our funding, so we won't. Uh, so, yes, we agree to not play the Heartland Championship. As soon as we return to level one, what do they all go and do? Well, they all go and pick representative sides and start playing each other, uh, not in the, but uh, in unofficial games. Um, <laughs> and the New Zealand rugby goes, oi, what are you guys doing? And they're all like, well, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, we, we said we wouldn't do the Heartland Championship. We didn't say we wouldn't play at all. Um and so um, off they went and did that. And New Zealand Rugby was not impressed. Um, they all got dragged into a room and got told off. And they all said, ha um, And I believe they're all still getting their funding. Um, there's, uh, you've got to remember, at the end of the day, the, 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 the unions do vote and uh, can make changes at New Zealand Rugby if they want to. So, yes, whilst if, uh, if they all um, disobey en masse, which they all did bar one, um, then uh, there's only so much New Zealand rugby really can do. So hence, so yes, there is an element of um, of, of, of that that's happened in the Heartland um, Championships. Um, the you then go and look at uh, as you mentioned, um, Bay of Plenty uh, got uh, worked with the, have got an arrangement with China with um, Rugby China um, and set up a, a global rugby rugby team. Um, that was that was going to include some Chinese players, but um, due to COVID, obviously they couldn't travel, and so they weren't involved as part of the squad. Um, so they did. Um, so they did do that. Um, you've also got uh, Counties Manukau, who have got themselves a brand new CEO in um, that, is, that has changed the uh, the culture and the feeling around that province massively, um, from what I've experienced going to a few games there. Um, and one of the first things you're he's talking, done is you're working. talking about the food pool. I, well, I hear I got fed. It's great. You're talking, you're talking, about, the, you're talking about the food in the media box. This is. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I got a burger voucher. It was wonderful. I, I'm saying yes. So that's that that, that that was a good start. Um, I didn't get any potatoes though. So uh, so yeah, where were my potatoes? Um, the uh, um, but so what, what's one of the first things he's done? He's worked with Pacifica and with the New Zealand Rugby Players Association around trying to set up a um, to, to be that sixth. Super Rugby um, uh, franchise, so yes, you are seeing the uh, so, and, and and of course remember, um, counties are supposed to be or are sorry not supposed to be but are 
part are, are, are affiliated with the Chiefs. So there they are trying to set up another Super Rugby franchise when they're already associated with a Super Rugby franchise. Um, now, whether they have ownership or not, I don't think they do, but I do think they, but they, but there is, there is a relationship there. So, um, yes, you are seeing a few do that, uh, like that. Um, the thing about the other, uh, what I would say is the other most forward-thinking um, union, you look at Tasman, um, who, uh, well, we'll get onto this later, but who are going to have a Black Ferns test down there, um, have managed to take a, um, uh, managed to have an All Blacks test down there when uh, they were laughed at by New Zealand Rugby. When they said, hey, please can we have an All Blacks test? They said, ha, 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 you have to uh, show you can bring us X revenue. And they said, what is that? Well, we can't tell you for commercial reasons. At which point they went around to all the other unions said, how much do you, how much do you pay for your tests? Went back to New Zealand Rugby and said, here, we're going to give you this much cash. That's more than anyone else offers you. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, you can wow. hear about that story in um, in my interview with their CEO. So that's uh, that's public knowledge. Um, um, so yes, but um, my long talk um, with Tony Lewis, uh, go listen to yeah, how he tells that story. Um, so yeah, no, look, you do have certain unions like that. You then have other unions um, where they are stuck in their ways. Um, uh, you, you 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 take ideas to them, they they go nowhere, um, and you can you, they're they're like, well, why aren't we getting more people in? Well, because you're doing doing the same thing for the past 15 years, and you've been seeing your crowds go down. Um, uh, comments uh, somewhere up in the chat. Jack says, do you think uh, my 10 cup games should be played at smaller venues? No, I don't because I think it should be getting bigger crowds. Do I think they will go to smaller venues? Absolutely. Yes, because they can't afford to open. They can't afford to fund. I can't afford the, 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 the prices that some um, various councils are charging for the ground. Uh, why Cala Rugby, for example, only opens one stand um, is, uh, uh, is, 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 is one example. Um, so you're going to see, um, I say, yeah, you're going to see uh, different, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, different, um, uh, I've gone blank now. Uh, so yeah, you are going to see people, you're going to see different grounds getting used um, in the next, in, in the coming years because it's just too expensive for some of these guys to to pay the rent um, at these grounds. Yeah, I, I think it's only a matter of time, even before. A couple of the, uh, the, the the penny drops with a couple of the bigger unions, and I'm mainly talking about uh, Auckland and and Wellington. I mean, so I think I know which colour. Or I can see, I can just visualise all those yellow seats at um, what do they call it in Wellington Trust Stadium or whatever it's whatever it's called these days. Uh, Sky uh, Sky Stadium. Sky, Sky Stadium. Bigger pattern. Um, yeah, it's it, it's shocking. We I know they've actually got a couple of decent smaller grounds up. Uh, a little bit further, further up the highway, up in Jerry Collins Stadium, is is, is quite a nice, is not quite a nice stadium, quite quite a compact stadium. I know here in Auckland, you've got uh, Waitakere Stadium. I'm being a little bit biased; it's it's not too far away from where I, where I live, but it is once again a nice compact stadium where the uh, the All Blacks train, and it'll just be a great atmosphere. And this is where you get your clubs and your interaction with the community back into it. Play a game there, or take another one out to. Uh, to uh, Pakuranga, to Bell Park in Pakuranga, that, that'd be a nice venue with a bit of temporary seating, and uh, you know, aesthetically, it looks really good on the eye. Just a thought. Yeah, and look, if you uh, if you've got a, a uh, if you have a club, I mean, one of the things I mean, so Auckland, for example, what they could do is they could work with um, 
white and matter that white man has already got a small stand up you can say you know what we'll do is we'll um we'll build a permanent stand that um that seats a thousand people and off we go um because look they don't get many more than that i wouldn't have thought i don't know maybe they get four or five thousand in uh, eden park um but um on the whole look they don't get that many so you could get you could put up a permanent stand add some temporary stands around it and hey presto you've got a big enough ground with the family atmosphere um uh but um if you, if you wanted to work with some of the clubs that actually own their grounds uh so yeah do that um i'm thinking of club sides like melville um for example here in hamilton again um there's potential for uh uh, for, for, for building a, a, a mini stadium um there um too so we'll see how it all how it all pans out but um yeah it's a very different structure isn't it to the way that it's done in the uk where they own their stadiums and that's how they make money one of the things that is, is through the stadium one of the things that mlr has said is that some um, all all franchises have to own their stadiums um well that's their sort of aspirational goal um because that's where because they realize that that's where how they can generate income um to become viable um we should have a quick chat about the uh, black ferns um and what's coming up really or women's rugby so on the 7th of november we have possibles versus probables at north harbour stadium um which um i think should be could be a really interesting clash look it's what we really wanted from for the all blacks um instead we got north versus south which is a bit like that um but um but not uh, but not really uh, I think there's, there's there's a bit of needle in possible versus probables that I, that I don't think there would have been, or that there wasn't really for North versus South. Fantastic game to watch, but not really a needle game. Um, the um, uh, then on the 14th, the Black Ferns will play a New Zealand Barbarians team. Um, oh, possible versus probables. Congratulations to the uh, gone blank to his name, but the uh, county's Manukau head co women's head coach who is coaching the um, probables team um for that one um uh chance Ch shepherd um is going to be the head coach with uh, Ann, anna richards from um, auckland storm and scott manson from otago spirit um so are going to be uh doing the possibles the probables is rodney gibbs from uh, bay of plenty with them um, melissa roscoe from canterbury and willie walker from north harbour um the barbarians uh rodney gibbs chad shepherd and uh, whitney hansen are going to be doing the barbarians side um coaching that so good to see the some of the um uh black some of the uh sorry farrah palmer cup coaches getting a go um at um at, at, at that so so yes um the on that saturday black ferns versus new zealand barbarians um but also um new zealand defense force versus new zealand police um that could be a uh, an interesting one um i can see that being uh having being being uh um very physical um is, is i guess is the, the nice way of putting it um in that one so women's women's new zealand defense force against women's new zealand police uh, at 11 25 35 a.m that's then followed up by a rugby world cup 2021 qualification match between samoa and tonga um which um speaking wow of, speaking, of, speaking of physical <laughs> speaking of physical games yes so yes so samoa women versus tonga women and then finally that and then finally that uh, black ferns versus new zealand barbarians so i'll tell you Saturday, 14th of November. I know where I'm going to try and be and where I'm going to try and get a media pass for. Um, whether I'll get one or not, I don't know. But boy, oh boy, that's, um, yeah, those three games look, uh, uh, do, do sound good. Well, I know 14th of November is a, is a very big day for, um, 
for uh, for running. Oh shit! Yes, I can't go, can I? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, I will be, but I've got to make it back to Auckland for some reason. Um, that particular that particular day, fourteenth uh, of November, I'm going to be up in Kaikoui for the uh, North and uh, Waikato game. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of crowd they attract uh, uh, for that game up in the uh, far north. Kaikoui, of course, about a Hour, 10 minutes, around about a 70 minute uh, trip north of uh, uh, Whangarei. Hopefully, uh, Northland uh, will probably at that stage probably be scrapping like anything to stay in the uh, uh, top four and starting to close up, especially in that championship uh, division. Ashwin Ranchard going, hey, 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 I'm not too sure what that's all about, but maybe. I think it's all about some... bringing these around to his house for his, for his 50th birthday party. Ah. Um, so, yes, that's what that's all about. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, oh. I was trying, uh, yeah, don't worry. Yes, I'll be round there for the party. Um, I'll, 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 maybe I won't be going to those um, women's rugby games. Um, in, the, yeah, in the in the words of, um, of Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back <laughs> in Auckland. In Auckland. <laughs> um, and then Saturday, twenty first November, uh, the Black Ferns versus New Zealand Barbarians down in Trafalgar Park, Nelson. Um, they were due to host a uh, game down there, Black Ferns versus England. Um, it hadn't been announced. Um, so, um, uh, but I think it's been mentioned now that yeah, that was basically that was that was the plan, um, uh, and instead they're having Black Ferns versus New Zealand Barbarians um, down there in um, in Nelson after their very successful um, All Blacks versus Argentina game they had down there. So, look, um, if you're in if you're in Auckland um, on uh, Saturday, fourteenth November, uh, and you're not invited around to Arthurians for his fiftieth birthday party, uh, then get down to Trust Serena um, in um, Waitakere. Because I tell you that those three matches, <laughs> they look tasty, um, don't they? Let's um, let's be honest. Um, the um, where are we now? Where are we going to go next? Um, Maitland and uh, and COVID bubbles. Now look, um, for you can decide whatever reasons you like, but look, we, we are very lucky here in New Zealand in the fact that we are at um, or not lucky. Um, we've we, we've earned it. Um, but so we uh, being at COVID level one, and we don't, and we can uh, travel around um, uh, absolutely fine. But um, yeah, not so not not so true over in um, over in Europe now. Uh, the England versus Barbarians game last weekend had to be cancelled after a, um, a group of players um, decided that they would breach the uh, COVID bubble. Now the way that a lot of sports have worked, um, and if we look at um, like the NBA, they they all went into one location, basically shut, them inside, shut the, themselves inside a castle, um, inside the Disney castle, um, so and kept everyone out so that they could actually play their games. If you look at cycling, um, they have like a moving bubble um, around the, uh, the, where the where the teams have got to isolate, um, uh, wear masks uh, whenever they're outside in public, etc. Um, we look at the way that uh, the NRL had to work over in Australia, where they had yeah. COVID protocols of players weren't allowed to go out um, to restaurants and things. So they set something similar up for the Barbarians head of England, at which point nine players, I think it was, um, including uh, ex-England captain Chris Robshaw, decided to go out for dinner and uh, breached the bubble um, and couldn't stay in the hotel and have dinner. They actually went out. Um, and um, so hence they uh, they didn't um, they didn't play. Um, that means that... Uh, Sean Maitland now was one of those players who breached that bubble, and hence he has been excluded from the Scotland squad now because he breached the bubble. 
uh, and so therefore he can't get around the other Scotland players because he could infect them if he is infected. Stephen, I would say NRL, you've got to tip your hat, haven't you, that, that on the whole, I mean, NRL players are not known for well being well-behaved. And yet on the whole, they did um, follow their, 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 their bubble. If we're talking about 99% of the players, there was the odd one who well, didn't, the coach who well, didn't.
France and Wales. The French very impressive, even though it was more of a more of a practice game. Yeah, look, it was a warm game. Wales came out the uh, out of the traps really well and led ten nil, I think it was. Um, and, and I was thinking, yep. My initial prediction was, look, the Welsh team have been together a bit more. This French team, there's been uh, animosity between the top fourteen and um, the French Union. Um, and um, I did, uh, and I thought, look, they wouldn't have had preparation time. What I guess I didn't take into account is a lot of those players have played with each other through all the age grades from like the age of sixteen. So perhaps they don't need like um, two, three weeks of pre-camp uh, before a game because they've just played so much with each other over the years. Um, so um, the uh, so yes, talking so 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 there's an element there of um, uh, yeah that they once once they figured out the Welsh defence, boy oh boy, did they just cut it to pieces. Oh, isn't it isn't it isn't it refreshing? There's a bit of a there's a real good mix between a, a style they seem to have found, but boy, they they're starting to show that they can now finish off chances. You know, French teams in the in probably the last decade or two have always created a lot of chance, can't always play for 80 minutes. But this French side, man, they are well on cue for 2023. And uh, they're going to be a dangerous beast. You'd be hoping, you'd be hoping to avoid them in, in their group uh, come 2023. Yeah, remember, folks, that um, we have got the draw for 2023 coming up. Um, uh, they're using the uh, world rankings from the beginning of the year um, to decide seedings for that, um, not from... Um, uh, not from these, not, not not from these ones, um, and uh, also, um, uh, yeah, I mean, look at players like Teddy Tom out, right? Look, can be a bit of a liability. Or has it in has historically been a bit of a liability at times. But boy, his um, his uh, chip over the top catch and, and 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 score was was very impressive. Simon France, your dark horses for the Autumn Nation Cup. I don't see how they can be dark horses. To be honest with you, I think they're going into this as a joint yeah. favourites. Uh, yeah. With England, because England obviously being right. making semi-finalists, um, France having having knocked over Wales, you've got to say yeah, Wales going in as joint favourites. I would have thought, or uh, a lot. I mean, look, it's going to be tight, isn't it? Ireland looking good, uh, England looking good, um, Wales semi-finalists last year at the Rugby World Cup, England semi-finalists, obviously. Um, so yeah, some some it's good. It has all the makings of a cracking tournament. And of course, Ireland uh, far too good for Italy, but we. We probably knew that, Paul. So that uh, gives them what a uh, one point point lead. But uh, how how does this now play out, Paul? Well, England play England play Italy in the next round. Um, get a five point bonus, a five point bonus win, and um, and win the tournament. Is yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah, Ireland play France. I think it is. Should be a cracking game this weekend. Ireland France. Definitely want to watch um, England Italy. I mean, I'll watch it because I'm an England fan. But if you're not. Don't bother, folks. That's going to be. I, I didn't bother watching Ireland versus Italy, to be honest with you. I did watch Scotland versus Georgia, and boy, oh boy, um, Georgia were off the pace. <laughs> so um, yeah, all these people pushing for Georgia to make it into the um, into the Six Nations. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, no, they 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 are well off the pace. Um, Remember, they still have never beaten a tier one team, including Italy. They keep losing to Italy every time they play them. So look, yeah. Georgia are not. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Georgia do go in this this Nations Cup. But boy, uh, I yeah, they're going to be. I I, I think they're they're on the end of a bunch of spankings. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right, Paul. Um, and now, uh, what one of the things that um, 
know that Arun says that yeah that, that uh, old people are in bed by 8 p.m. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, you're watching this in bed at the moment, guys, because yeah, it's half 8 p.m. We must be with bedtime already, Aaron. Um, the... Oh, you opened yourself for that, Aaron. You opened yourself up for that one. <laughs> uh, dear me. Um, just before, just before we go, just before we go, I should mention uh, well one group that won't be in bed early on uh, Thursday because we've got the uh, final of the Auckland. The Sky Auckland Under Twenty One uh, uh, competition coming up. We've obviously hadn't quite got around to covering a lot of that game, of those games uh, over the last few weeks or so. But we've got the final uh, coming up on Thursday at uh, eight pm, and I'll just fill you in shortly in, in terms of who is uh, playing in that final. It's the uh, West uh, West Rangers playing the uh, East Tomoana in that game. Uh, kicks off at uh, 10 past 6 at uh, Waitemata Park and uh, yeah we've seen some pretty good uh, rugby in that tournament but that'll be preceded by the Central Kings and South Rising if you're around at 10 past 4 it'll probably be quite warm conditions it's been quite sunny in uh, Auckland over the last four days I'm expecting that weather to uh, continue so I will make an effort to at least get along to that second game that first game is a little bit too early but I'll check out that final and try and see if I can get a couple of the of uh, interviews but we've seen some pretty good uh, pretty good footy and uh, speaking of physicality we've seen some very very big lads running around in that comp absolutely um i should i thought the south rising with a team to beat now look the teams have been made up of the the various clubs obviously the south rising um uh, uh are, um east east tamaki and um some of those teams down there um and as we already know, that uh, um, Ponies, Ponsonby, um, Marist, etc., all have poached all their decent players or all their top players every year. So, so uh, yes, um, a lot of them go, um, a lot of them get uh, get 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 poached. But um, yeah, good to see Austrian saw that South Rising beat the Rangers uh, in in that one. And uh, look, it's good that they've put this competition together. Um, this uh, all, uh, this was put together by the clubs, um, and then Auckland Rugby came on board afterwards. Um, but the clubs wanted to do it. The clubs organised it, and um, good on them. Again, another one of those things where the clubs, um, yeah, not waiting for the unions, not waiting for the uh, the hierarchies to to do things for them, but actually doing things for themselves. Something as we talked about earlier with the provinces and um, and New Zealand rugby. Yeah, definitely, um, uh, Paul. I was about to say a real heavy influence of uh, uh, particular club coaches, of course, uh, Rory Lord and uh, Brett Simmons, both involved uh, with Water Matter, and of course. Uh, Junior Tino, uh, Junior Polyanganga, involved uh, with the uh, with the uh, East uh, Toa Moana side, of course, uh, involved with Papatoitoi rugby. So it'll be uh, it'll be uh, quite interesting to see how this this plays out. Yep, um, yep, should be. Um, Aaron says you yeah, go with the big bucks, are Paul. If there's big bucks in Auckland club rugby, boy oh boy, um, no, there isn't, folks. <laughs> There might be some bucks, but not big bucks. That's for certain. So, Stephen, thank you very much. It's been a very enjoyable one. Folks, don't forget, uh, we're back at 7 a.m. every single morning. Now, um, I do have one slight problem tomorrow morning. is the fact that my mobile phone refuses to charge. Um, so hopefully um, I will uh, wake up in time to do the show. Um, but, so uh, yeah, that's my alarm clock, and I'm not quite sure what to do otherwise. Um, but um, that's that will be my number one job tomorrow is getting that fixed, um, except I might be uh, still involved with election work. So, um uh, good luck. Uh, sorry. Well, thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, don't forget, don't forget, folks, to join us for that. And we'll be back tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. with the standoff show. 
um, covering all the NRL action, um, particularly news around that grand final. So do join us for that. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 